Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Round one of the playoffs is right around the corner, but before we plunge into that, let's nerd out and play a grade everyone on the Celtics roster and their performance relative to expectations throughout the regular season. We'll have all of that and more next on First to the Floor. Who's going to be first to the floor here? And it was Marcus Smart as he usually is. That's not the first time we've seen a superstar in green and white sacrifice my body. Welcome to another episode of First to the Floor. Ben Vallis here. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. And I'm joined, as I often end, by Mr. Wayne Spoony. Spoons, how you doing, sir? Doing great. The playoffs. Playoffs, baby. They're here. Yes. I can't <laughs> wait. I got the Heat Hawks on my iPad just to my left here so yes. I can give us live updates. You can see we got the Twitter up if you're watching on YouTube. So we're ready to roll, man. I'm excited. Absolutely. We've got the new layout here. And let us know if you're watching live on YouTube, what are your, your thoughts on this new format we're rocking with here? Spoonie, of course, just put out an excellent piece up on Celtics blog about playoff tropes and how the Celtics measure up against them. Go and check it out. The link will be in the description. It's a really good read. Uh, and that article has actually been doing really, really well, unsurprisingly, online. So good stuff there, Spoonie. And of course, Thank we're you. also joined by Hot Take Jake Eisenberg, who's been crunching the all-NBA ballot data, tracking <laughs> the likelihood of Jalen Brown making an all-NBA team. Jake, firstly, how are you? And secondly, how's the JB situation tracking? Um, I'm going well. No one's uh, drawn attention to it yet, but I've shaved the mustache. We're Ooh. restarting for the playoffs. We're not shaving the stash until the Celtics are officially eliminated. Um, but other than that, another big news, Jalen Brown, we'll go, we'll go to, the, to the big board here. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see this. We have 9% of all NBA votes in right now from my um, oh, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I think if you're not listening on you <laughs> watching on YouTube, we need to describe what Jake yeah. is bringing up. He <laughs> is hand tracking in an Excel spreadsheet every time somebody does an article or a podcast that discloses their all NBA votes and tracking where they have Jalen Brown. <laughs> to be fair, there <laughs> is a legend on Twitter. I okay. forget his name. I can. He does like he's done like the full thing, and then I've created my own. That's a specific <laughs> Jalen Brown tracker, and yes. it's like the voter, first, second, third team, or a coward. Those are your four options as <laughs> a All NBA voter. And we currently have nine. I ran the numbers. That's nine percent because there's a hundred voters of the vote currently tracked, and of the nine that we do have, seven of the nine have Jalen Brown on their all NBA ballots. Um, he's kind of making a push for a second team so yeah. far. Obviously early, 
this is kind of different than the election because we don't know which you know which states are more or less likely to um, swing in favor of of JB. But a couple of things I've noticed so far. So if you go to the right of this of this document, these are just like general Twitter people or media <laughs> personalities that have put out their um, put out their opinions so to give us an idea of where we could be going. Most importantly, the Locked On Network, which includes thirty eight voters. All the locked on podcasts, multiple hosts, you know, the, the, all those podcasts that comes to 38 voters have Jalen at second team. So I think that's quite indicative of okay. where we could be ending up. Feeling pretty good, 9% of the vote in so far. Concerns. Uh, I have LeBron James as a top concern. Um, just as mainstream voters, Perkins, Jalen Rose, guys of that ilk, I can see them leaning towards, you know, putting LeBron over Jalen from a, just a legacy point of view. And another thing I've noticed, people that don't have official votes seem more likely to be including multiple low game players, like to have a Durant, a Kawhi, and a LeBron. Very few, if any, official voters have had multiple guys playing like in the 55 game or under um, kind of threshold in fear of being cyber bullied. Um, And just as a last aside, the, the most cowardly of them all, Tim Bontemps, has voted Jimmy Butler over Jason Tatum as first team All NBA. Which what is? Don't look. He voted J- Jimmy Butler over Jason Tatum as Eastern Conference um, MVP after you know Jimmy Butler played well for like two and a half games. Yeah, this is this is. I don't know what Jimmy Butler has on has on Bontemps, but just despicable despicable behavior from Bontemps. But all signs pointing to a positive Jalen Brown. All NBA experience. That's amazing, Jake. And thank you for doing that. <laughs> Elite level tracking, given how early we are in the in the days with the NBA uh, All NBA ballots just being handed in yesterday. So thank you for that. A couple of things before we get into our regular season grades. Firstly, if you're watching live on YouTube, we will be keeping track of the score in the Hawks Heat playing game, which is happening right now. I believe the Hawks are up currently. Some accusation that the Heat might be ducking the oh, Celtics. Man. We're hoping to be wrapped by halftime so we can all hop, hop off this, yeah. this call and, and watch the game. So let us know your thoughts on that uh, and these player uh, grades in the chat here while you're watching. Also, coming up for the rest of this week, Barstool Greeny, a.k.a. Dan Greenberg, will be on the show this Thursday night to preview our first round matchup. Saturday afternoon, we're firing up our playback room for a live watch party for game one against the whoever's, whoever wins this game that is currently Doesn't on. Matter. Those playback parties are always so much fun. It's free to join and a great way to watch the game. The link will be in the description, so I hope to see you guys there. Okay, player grades. For the regular season. Spoonie, Jake, I'm going to throw some names out here in reverse order of importance, and we need to agree on a grade <laughs> together before we move on. Starting with one, Fiondu, Cabangeli, Spoonie, we'll start with you. How did Fee grade for you this regular season? Uh, I, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, <laughs> I think I was probably a little naive to hope he could give us some some minutes throughout the season. Uh, he didn't do that, but he did, you know, in his garbage time stints, I think were pretty up and down, although he shows a ton of energy every time he's out there. And that's like the first thing you're looking for with a deep bench big man. So that's good. I think he had a really good year in Maine, just looking at some of his counting stats. So uh, him and J.D. Davison appeared to have some good chemistry. Uh, But, you know, some people, including myself, thought maybe he could play some real minutes. He didn't. So I'm going to I'm going to present a C. Oh, C C plus Mm -hmm. for discussion. 
See, I think this is all depends on the type of student you were um, as well. <laughs> because, you know, I'm a, I'm a very fair grader as someone that had to do geometry twice in 10th grade due to failing it. Um, school was never my, my strong seat. I, I was, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking C minus for a fee. Um, I think he did what he um, needed to do. Uh, I kind of, ch- I changed my grade as soon as you said that because I wanted to go lower than whatever Spoonie said. Uh, C minus <laughs> because, you know, he did what he needed to do, dominated the, the G League. That's what you're supposed to do. Honestly, I would have given him a B minus if he would have finished the JD lob in the, mm-hmm. yeah. the game. That was all he needed to do to have a successful season was bring down the house with a ferocious lob and he blew it. Didn't have enough chances, but that's just the, the reality of only getting you know, limited chances. I got to grade you on what I saw and you got to throw that one down, Fee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got to be a C minus <laughs> for me as well. Spoonie, you had C, is that correct? Or a B minus? Yeah, I'm fine with a C minus. Yeah, yeah let's, I'm not going to fight over Cavs' grade. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like it's relative to expectations, right? Is, is the main yeah, approach yeah. here. And expectations were appropriately low for Fiondu Cavangeli. So, you know, we had an exciting summer league, which is sometimes the, the most that we can ask for for these two-way guys. And uh, not necessarily that much upside as far as like we're not really expecting a jump from Cavangeli, given that he's already sort of bounced around a few teams, both in the NBA and the G League already. I think he's 25, 26 years old. So a fun fourth, fifth, sixth string big on the team, but uh, nothing more than that. Okay, so C- minus is the official grade. Let's move on to one JD Davison. Jake, what's your grade for JD? I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking a B+. Plus. I'm thinking a B plus for JD, you know, excellent G League season. But I think what he proved to us was that he has a legitimate NBA skill, which is able, you know, penetrating the paint and the ability to just throw pinpoint lobs. Like his Luke Cornett's alley-oop per minute stats with JD on the court versus literally any other Celtic. Like, I don't know how they've developed that, that chemistry. I think it's just because look at this right on cue. Oh, no, I thought that was going to be a, a lot. But, uh, but he, he's got the in-between game. I think, you know, as from from like the, what was he, the 52nd pick or yeah. something like that? 52nd yeah, 52nd. Pick, I feel pretty comfortable with him being like the Pritchard guard where he doesn't play, but he can come in and run pick and rolls with with Rob. Like, that's all I can ask for. Like, that yeah, athletic system is legit. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. attempt. I, I'm with Jake B plus. Uh, I think every time, unlike Cabs, I think every time he got into the game, he did at least a handful of things that looked like an NBA caliber player, right? Uh, defensively, you know, he's probably got a lot to learn. I don't think he's going to be a big contributor next year, but I'm super excited for his upside. He crushed in Maine. I mean, he was dominating the G League, so that's all you can hope for. He was. I think more looked a little more NBA ready than I anticipated. So yeah, B, B plus. I'm happy with either. Yeah, I agree with Z Gamer here. I'm going to go a B. Again, relative to expectations, a guy who I had never personally heard of. I think, you know, uh, watching the draft and, and being on Twitter at the time that he, w- he was drafted, there was a lot of like, who? Who is this guy? And then, yeah, he, he has demonstrated at least one potentially elite skill in running the pick and roll at an NBA level there. So I think B... Is the grade there any disagreements? We're all going to straight B for yeah, J.D. Davidson. I can, I can be swayed. I can be I'm swayed. down with a B. Yeah. B is fine. All yeah. right, sweet. Moving on. We're going, going quickly here with these lower importance guys. I um, think that's probably for the best. Absolutely. <laughs> and rare for us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Justin Champagny, uh, Spoonie, 
what are your thoughts on this gentleman? Are we gonna? Is his name gonna be used uh, as part of a pun in June at some point uh, later this year? Uh, so I don't know what you guys <laughs> have um, in Australia or university for you all, but we have what's called an incomplete mm. in the United States, where you just you didn't fail but you just didn't com- complete enough classwork and you have to retake the class, uh-huh. but it doesn't go on your permanent record. I'm going to give Champagny an incomplete. <laughs> I just did not see enough of him to really know either way. He's undeclared. <laughs> oh, yeah. What do you think, Jake? Yeah. Yeah. I Look, honestly, I was thinking D+. Plus. The, he, he, I didn't see you dive on the floor once in this game. <laughs> you is your first... And only game, eighty game 82, this, the Garden's rocking. We're, we're dropping threes. Hauser, Muscal, and Pritchard are just the three-point pee party. And you can't dive on the floor. I know you made a three, but that's what I really wanted. I was actually a little unimpressed. Apparently, he's 6'6". He looks like he was 6'2 out there. Very unfair grade from me, but D+. Plus so the, D+. Plus. Yeah, yeah. I'll go, with D, I'll go with D plus as well. It like <laughs> we're, all, with it. we're all in the same ballpark. I don't really have much to add. I, I almost considered not even like including him as part of this discussion, but he is on the roster. Fair. We did sign him, so he will be playoff eligible. Uh, I hope we don't see him unless you know we've got so much Dino time going through the playoffs that uh, we can't help but give him some meaningful minutes there. Oh, they won't be meaningful in any way. D plus. Uh, again, I had no expectations of this guy, so I don't really know how to grade him according to those non-expectations. Uh, let's get to something a little bit juicier here. Let's get to one Danilo Gallinari. Again, technically, rusted on the team. We have to give him a grade. There are things to consider here. First of all, first team all rehab. Absolutely. 100%. First team all bench swag. I think he started off like pretty cash early in the season. Some bags under the eyes. Maybe a side effect of maybe the medication from... His, his surgery, <laughs> the pain medication. But as the season went on, he became increasingly Dapper Dan, Dapper Danilo Gallinari, and started to really oh, impress nice. us on that level from the bench. So, Spoonie, what's your grade for Danilo <laughs> Gallinari, given, you know, the scope of his, of his season? So, the scope being we never expected him to play a Correct. minute, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. A minus. That's yeah, cool. Clearly okay. still with the team, clearly still involved, you know, looking good. He traveled, you know, not a lot of long-term injured guys don't travel. So, uh, was always posting Instagrams and stuff about how much he loves the Celtics. So, what more can you ask? A minus. Yeah, I honestly, <laughs> I'm, willing, I'm willing to go up to A. Like, he did everything he possibly could. Given the circumstances, the propaganda machine from Danilo social media, the fact that th- he was that present, considering he was out for the whole year, like the commitment to the to the rehab uh, rehab posts, you know, just you know, making us imagine and and think about what could be next year when he comes back. It's like all oh, that pick and pop game. We need a, you know, that four or five guy. What what could happen? Muscala has been so good. Imagine if that was Danilo. I'm happy with A minus. Happy with A minus, but I could go A. Yeah. Okay. I'll go with A. I'll go with A for the blazer combination on the bench or anywhere in life is just something that I would never have the confidence to rock ever. And whenever I see a dude doing it with total confidence. You know, on a on a big stage like an NBA bench for a marquee franchise, <laughs> yeah, you, you can't walk away with anything less than an A. So I'm gonna a give Danilo Gallinari an A. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jake. <laughs> moving on, we're starting to get more into actual rotational players here. The fringes of the rotation with Mike Muscala. The moose has been loose throughout portions of the season since the acquisition at the trade deadline. What's your grade for Mike Muscala? 
feel like Mike definitely did a fair bit of extra credit in the last kind of stretch of the season here. I've liked what he gives us from a rebounding perspective. Unfortunately, this kind of comes in the context of uh, of Grant, but I think Muscala started strong. He gave us that 44-minute performance against Milwaukee in that they lost, but was I think he was sore for like two weeks. He barely, barely played for the next fortnight after that. But I really... B plus, B plus for the Moose. I like, I like where he fits. He's been making his threes when when we need him to. Gets on the boards, hustles. I can't ask too much from the big dog. Yeah, we knew what we were getting from Moose, right? We know he's not yeah. going to be able to defend at an elite level, so I never expected that. And what you want from him is to hit shots and play smart on offense. He's seventh on the team in net rating at plus seven point six. Uh, I've got a like the stat I'm trying to grab for now that we're in the rotation. I'm trying to grab like one stat that I think kind of describes this guy's season. And for Moose, I went with effective field goal percentage, right. 58.7, well above average for reference, Donovan Mitchell's at like 57%. So he's super efficient with the jump shot. He's almost seven feet tall. That's what we wanted from him. So I'm going to go with B. Yeah. yeah, B B works for me as well. Uh, Again, like I just expected, like an average contribution from from the Moose, and that's what he's given. That's what he'll probably continue to give. And the average contribution for a, a, a guy at his point of the rotation is probably not to see the court at all throughout the playoffs, unless we absolutely need him. We might see him against the Bucks, for example, maybe Philly to stretch out their defense a little bit. Um, but seven foot guy who can shoot the three. He had a very exhilarating starting center role against the, I believe, the Raptors and the Hawks to, to end the season there. That was a lot of fun. Anytime you get to see these deep bench guys that we learned to love over the course of a season, have a little contribution in those end of season games. Uh, I think back to Aaron Baines having like 36 points against the Nets, I think, in the final game of the season a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. That was a lot of fun. So I kind of enjoy Mike the Moose Muscala in a similar vein. So are we all agreeing on B there for the Moose? Just like pretty much straight up average, slightly above average. Yes, I can work yep. with that. B. Luke Cornett, Jake. I mean, he was expected to be our primary backup center going into the season with Rob. I guess we were all expecting once Rob was healthy for us to go back to double bigs. We didn't necessarily see that role for Luke Cornett throughout the season. I don't think that's necessarily his fault. It's more just Joe Mazzulla tinkering with different lineups and rotations and, and things like that. So, so based on the expectations going into the season... How does Luke Cornett grade out to you? I think for me, it's a B minus. He, I, I would think I was higher on him than you both coming into the season, feeling pretty comfortable with him being the third big man. It became clear that I think on 60% of the nights, you feel comfortable with him as your third big man. And there's just a few nights where he just can't, can't get a rhythm or can't get a rebound. You're like, Please, Lord, please, Lord, put Blake Griffin in or please just see if Rob's knee's okay. So I think for the most part was serviceable for sure. So I think B minus uh, is, a, is a fair grade for, for Luke. I'm going to go C for Luke, um, but I'm willing to be swayed. And here's why. <laughs> he was good at things I didn't expect him to be good at and was bad at all the stuff I was hoping he would be good at. Like he was an awful defensive rebounder, like 13% defensive rebound percentage, which is very, very bad for a center, especially a seven foot two guy. He was 12th on the team in net rating at 3.9, but 98th percentile as a pick and roll finisher. 
10% offensive rebound percentage, which is absurdly high. So he was actually like really effective as an offensive player and just a rim runner and a guy that crashes the glass, but was not what I was expecting cleaning up the defensive glass and blocking shots and playing above average defense. So I'm, I'm going to, I expected Luke to be sort of an okay to slightly up under slightly below average third string center. And I think that's what he was. So that's a C to me, but I'm willing to be swayed. <laughs> yeah. I think I might go C plus just because you, you have to factor in the celebrations there. I also think he is a uh, runner up <laughs> like vibes mid. Yeah. With the throw swift there. Cornish uh, game hand. Legendary post-game interviews. Bus one boy, you know, Blake is obviously the King's vibe, King vibes, man, and we'll get to Blake shortly. But um, yeah, Luke Cornett, just in what he added to the locker room, I think, uh, has been great. But I didn't, I didn't really expect much for him on the court going into the season anyway, and then we didn't see as much as we thought we would see from him. So for me, that just grades out at a C, and then you've got to add in the C+, plus because of the, the vibes that he brings to the team. So it sounds like we're sort of hovering around that C, C+. Plus. We don't have to have an exact agreement, but I think we're all, we're all roughly there. Yep, C+. Plus I'll, come up, I'll come up to a C+. Plus. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. fine. Okay. I didn't consider the <laughs> celebrations, so I'm willing to go up. Yeah, take easy negotiations so far. We've got some good uh, feedback from folks in the chat, so so keep that up. I expect the negotiations to get maybe a little bit more heated the, the closer we get to some of those 30-plus <clears throat> minute per game guys. Uh, let's move on. Peyton Pritchard, Spoonie, what are your thoughts? Okay. Tough uh, one. This is a really, really, really difficult one. Uh, last of the rotation guys in net rating at plus 1.4. Um, he only played 48 games and, you know, he was he did miss some time with injury. But a lot of that was just straight up DNPs because he couldn't crack the rotation. Uh, he started to find his game, I think, in the second half of the season. But the, the front half of the season was not good for Pritchard. Uh, he only averaged 13 minutes per game. I don't think this is his fault, but I think you're hard pressed to say he exceeded or met expectations. So I'm going to go D plus. Yeah, I think that's the correct grade. Yeah. Like he needs to be an elite shooter in order to have a chance at cracking, especially this rotation. Yeah. 36% from three. It needs to be in that forty like percent range. Like you need to, if you're going to come in, you got to knock down two for four from three, two for five from three every single time, and do it quick. There were definitely moments like he was missing shots, and there was definitely a couple of games where he came in and like changed the energy of the game and helped spark us to a win. The Raptors game comes to mind in Toronto, but yeah, I think it's a pr- and the fact that there was. Like we had the reports of him being unhappy and asking for a trade. Like I, I get that that's how you feel, but just can't. I just don't. I don't believe that that can be something that that comes out. I don't know why you're going on Iguodala's podcast and and okay. saying that in the midst of like literally pretty much a flawless season. You can't be the guy that's like causing any drama. So for that, I think D plus is is where I land as well. This is where I want to give him. I want to give him a B B minus because. Whoa. I just think that, you know, he's quite a few, not quite a few years, but he's a few years into his NBA tenure now. He has had a frustrating tenure thus far in that, like, he, you know, he's clearly a high talent guy. You know, in his short stature, maybe there's potential for him to be played off the court throughout the course of a playoff series, but his talents could clearly be better utilized elsewhere. And yet, for the most part, he's like pretty well stuck it out and not made too much noise on the negative side as far as 
his frustrations. He's made his frustrations clear and known, but I think that's pretty relatable. Like, not that we can all personally relate to like the the plights of a bench NBA player, but just that like clearly he's playing maybe below his role a little bit, and I I can at least sympathize with him in that sense. And yet, you guys mentioned uh, energy injection before when he comes on the court. He he always contributes in that sense. In fact, there have been times where we've been calling for Joe Mazzulla to insert. Um, you know, a hard PP into the game um, <laughs> because we need that energy injection and we haven't gotten it. So, like, if anything, we've, we've had less Pritchard than we've wanted. There's the injury thing as well, which is his sort of first injury problem of his career thus far. I thought that he played that quite well as well, just in terms of not pulling the vibes too far downward and it being a relatively high vibe season and Pritchard being maybe the, the most frustrated player on the team and not really dragging everyone else down into that along with him. So, I think he deserves a slightly ele- elevated grade in that sense based on you know how this season has played out for him personally and how he's kind of, for the most part, kept his chin up and still contributed when he's had time on the court. So for me, it's a B. Sounds like I need to be negotiated down. I'm in the minority. Look, you got to at least come into the C, C minus range. Like, yeah. That's the ex- C minus. Yeah, that's a huge, that's a huge, you're pulling me all the yeah, way down Yeah, but look, there. <laughs> the, 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 the hard PP insertion, that's an expectation. Like that, that you don't get extra points for, for, like bringing energy as the tenth guy, like you know, that's your job. That's you have to do. <laughs> that's that. like it's, the one thing you need to do. Which is why Grant. We'll get, we'll there. get to Grant. Yeah, oh, which is, yes. yeah. So yeah, like you need that's a, that's that's a meeting expectation. So I don't think you get like up to B for that. And then the, the shooting, the shooting was below average. Like he he's a victim of his circumstances, uh, but that he didn't rise above them and like grasp it and win himself a role on the team. He just kind of was like, I'll stay ready. You know, okay, well, yeah, you're an NBA, you're literally paid millions of dollars to do this. You better be ready to play when you're called on. He's All not right. that young. He's 25. Like he yeah. played for his Tatum. Yeah, right. So the maturity, <laughs> sure. if or maybe uh, if he had come, been a one and done guy, that would make you more sense with some of the stuff that came out. But I think, you know, you're a slightly older guy. You could have, Show the level of maturity to to keep that on the down low, Sam. And you got to come down to C. I'll come down to minimum. C. I, I'm not going to C okay. minus. That's just too low okay. for a hard and fast <laughs> PP. But I will come down to C. Are we, <laughs> are right. we locking that in before we move on? Can allow it. Let's lock it in real quick. Atlanta is crushing. Yeah, Miami. crushing. It's sixty-two thirty-eight. What? That's insane. Yeah. Miami yeah. stinks. We we do have our live Twitter feed on the on the right hand side of our new layout here. Well, there's some initial feedback coming in on that layout that's a little bit crowded, so I'd love to hear from some other folks what they think of this format. This is V1 for us as far as this this new visual layout here on YouTube. So uh, let us know your thoughts as we move on here. And it's great to hear that the Hawks are maybe going to help us avoid playing the Heat and us not having to dip back into that PTSD yes. portion of we ourselves. Yes, sad Udonis Haslam on the sideline. The, that's probably one of my favorite memes is like, yes, that emotion from Udonis Haslam is going to, that's his contribution for the last five years. It's been emotion on the sideline. Really helpful for the wins The way Ben's grading, you'd probably give him an A minus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, there we go. All right. Uh, yeah. let's, wait, let's wait till the end of the game. Maybe we'll get some minutes. Um, all right, let's move on. Blake Griffin. Now, now when the juice is starting to flow, it's getting interesting here. Blake Griffin, Spoonie, I think it's your turn. Where are your grades at sure. with Blake Griffin, the Vibesman? Third on the team in net rating at plus 9.9. Almost 20% defensive rebounding percentage. His best since 2016. 
I don't know. I expected almost nothing from Blake Griffin. Mm-hmm. And while he didn't play a lot, when he played, he played very well. Blake is an easy layup A plus for me. The first one on the board. Yeah, wow. This is, this is a, a wow. no brainer. To quote to quote the right the great Spoonie from Lob City to Job City, man. <laughs> like this, yes. this guy is the best. We we put up a video again, like because we spoke about like who's exceeded expectations the most. It's maybe Blake Griffin. He m- might have cracked the playoff rotation with how good he's been with with his play. Not to mention the impact he's had on the vibes, the locker room, yep. the chemistry. Genius, like. Brad and Brad, I mean, look, he, I, don't know, we, I don't know if you have Brad on this list, but man, like to bring him in was absolute stroke of genius. He's been perfect. I hope he hangs around for another year or two. A plus, no brainer. A plus. Oh, a plus is all around. Absolutely. The Again, all relative to expectations. Blake was kind of like a, a almost a second thought signing heading into the end of the season, right? Where it was like maybe going to be Dwight Howard. It was maybe going to be... I mean, not really, but like Hassan Whiteside was a name out there on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And then it ends up being Blake and we're like, okay, like he's kind of, he had a good moment there, at least in one game against the Celtics in the playoffs. But really the drop-off has been acute and hard and fast, much like that PP that we talked about a second ago. <laughs> and yet the vibes, the vibes are there. Uh, I said it on our last show, maybe the show before, Blake Griffin. I did not expect to fall in love with you the way that I have. <laughs> fallen head over heels for Blake Griffin uh, and no regrets. I'm all the way in. Even if he say, sees no time in the playoffs, and I think he will. I think there will be spot minutes at the very least for Blake Griffin. Yeah. The vibes off the bench, in the locker room, picking the guys up off the floor if they do suffer a bad loss. All of that is incredibly value, valuable rather beyond what Blake Griffin can do on the court. So an A+. plus. Wow. Amazing. Um, Let's move on. Jake, Sam, House Money Hauser, what's the grade? I want to go A+. Plus. <laughs> I'm going to ding him slightly because of the slump in December, January. But other than that, it's an A. It's an A. All we, 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 to be, unless you just expected him to be a 41% three-point shooter in the NBA as well. So maybe it's an A-, minus. but he did everything you could ask, everything you could hope for. 41% three-point shooter on like ridic- like real difficulty shots, movement, tightly contested. He became Tatum's like go-to weapon on the bench throughout big stretches of the season. And I think he exceeded expectations on the defensive end as well. The off-ball cutting, like the juice that Hauser brings to the offense is real. When he's rolling, mm-hmm. like that bench like unit is not just, oh, let's just hang on until – you know, the starters come back in. It's like, oh, the game's over now because Howard's just hit three threes and blocked blocked Tyler Hero on the other end because they tried to ISO him. And yeah, the, you're gonna like we're gonna rest in the fourth quarter now. I think it's I think it's an A. Yeah, uh, so Sam sixth on the team in net rating, plus seven point seven, led the NBA in defensive rating at one hundred six point yeah. four, yeah. and that's what I was worried about. Is will Hauser's shooting outweigh? his defense and not only did it outweigh it, his defense was legitimately good at times. I think he was probably closer to average, but that's way better than anyone reasonably expected. Um, I think, you know, to get to that a plus it's really got to be like, wow, I almost didn't, there was almost no realm of reality that I thought you would be this good. Like with Blake um, who I thought would not play at all. 
Um, so I'm going straight solid A for Sam. I agree with you, Jake. He's been awesome this year. What a find by what Brad. A, He's oh locked on for three more years. Yeah. Like a million a year or something. A million and a half. Literally in the conversation for best contract in the NBA. Like, yeah. No yep. Immediately. Yeah. We know the three-point shooting, uh, the ability to overcome that slump where he was you know, completely in the conversation for, is this guy going to be on the team or an NBA team by the end of the season? That was a conversation for a little while. He's completely overcome that slump. He's now back to shooting, I feel like at least visually, aesthetically, better than he ever has, like the stroking of the twine. Eddie House was talking about like coming up with some sort of onomatopoeia, like a word for the sound that the the ball makes going through the net on on Sam Hauser jump shots. The defense, though, that's where really, uh, like you guys said, I'm not adding anything new here. He's really exceeded (laughs) expectations. A question to both of you, though. Do you think like it's maintainable in a playoff setting? Do you think that we'll see... Sam Hauser on the court in the playoffs. Do you think his defense will hold up? Do you think that teams will try and attack the house trap? Or do you think it's too risky from Missoula's perspective and you'll be mostly riding the pine? I think you try him, especially early in series. First round, he's going to play against the Hawks. Both (laughs) against the Hawks and the Heat will. See, now the Heat have cut it to like. The Hawks would be a perfect candidate to blow this 20 point lead in the second half. Yes. So they would. um, But I think right now you feel great about either team. But I think Heat Hawks definitely plays, and I think he can play against the Sixers, non Embiid minutes. Um, I I wouldn't mind if if like if Harden wants to just attack Hauser one on one. I don't feel really uncomfortable with that. Maxi, I don't know exactly. I think I think you feel comfortable trying. And then when it comes to the Bucks, who's the one on one guy that is going to just like dust him and break his ankles? Drew and Middleton are kind of kind of back you down, shoot contested shots more so than, you know, like Donovan Mitchell and Ty- and Darius Garland. Even though he's defended Garland well in, in one of those matchups, that's a place that I feel way less confident. I think when you're getting to the sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh games of a series, you're not going to be seeing Hauser just because that you're going to be seeing 43, 44, 45 minutes of Jalen and Jason. So there's not going to be any space for him anyway. But I think early in pretty much any of these series, I think you feel confident just because of the the matchups on the other side. Yeah, I, I worry a little bit about Trey Young. I think mm. that's the type of guy he has difficulty staying in front of. Uh, I, I think he'll play a lot against the Heat. I mean, I'm not like... Same with Drew and Middleton. Jimmy Butler's that same type of player who's just going to try and beat you with strength. And that's the type of guy Hauser's done a really good job. Just stay in front contest without fouling and if they make the shot they make the shot so i think round one he'll have a pretty significant role unless it's really ugly really quick um what i don't expect it to be and then the sixers it'll probably just kind of depend on game flow and what's going on and if the offense stalls out we'll see them even if there's some defensive questions yeah if we do play the heat i need a house of 15 points like five threes off the bench <laughs> yeah. just to stick it to the heat who have always like against whoever their playoff yeah. opponent Struce, is there's always yeah. like the, who is this guy Where where do they get him? They're paying him a vet min and he's like, you know, scoring 22 points a game in the playoffs. That's insane. We need to thrust that back in the faces of the Heat if we do end up facing them, which seems semi-unlikely at this point, given how that, that game is going on. Although, Jake, mm-hmm. you're very right in saying that if mm-hmm. anyone's going to give up a lead, it's going to be the Hawks there. Um, mm-hmm. One person Sam Hauser might be jockeying for playoff minutes with, maybe, maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves here, is Grant Williams. Spoonie. Like Jake, is, his reaction on screen is already, that's the grade. Um, so we'll start with you, Spoonie. What are your thoughts in terms of grading Grant Williams in this regular season? 
I, I think Grant's tough because um, recently he's been so bad. But if we go back to the beginning of the season, he was really he was instrumental in that 25, 21 and five run we had to start the season. I thought he was good on both ends of the ball and he was absolutely lights out from three. And then he started getting a little cocky with the pump and drives. And then it all started to kind of fall apart from there. So he's ninth on the team in net rating plus five point nine. He's the 33rd percentile, so awful, in defending isolations. And Grant, that is his job. That's why he plays. It's not because he's protecting the rim and cleaning up the defensive glass. It's because you can switch everything with him and he's not going to get beat by anybody. And he was getting beat over and over. So it pains me. I still believe in Grant. I think we should sign him to a good deal for four years. I I really believe in him long term. Um, I'm going to go with the... D plus. Ooh. I know yeah. it's harsh, I, but I I feel yeah. I I think I I could go potentially lower. You didn't even mention the complaining to the refs. That got yes. worse. That Ooh. got worse. Yeah, it did. it did. That got worse, and that's like so in your control. Like I can empathize with a young player struggling with the contract situation, trying to figure out how aggressive and not aggressive it should be when all of that's kind of swirling around. Like that's a lot of pressure to deal with as a young guy in a deep rotation where your opportunities aren't as um, easy to come by as they were last year. Like they kind of had no choice but to play Grant a lot uh, last year, especially into the playoffs. Whereas this year, it's like, yeah, we, we have a lot of different ways we can go this year. And so that's when you just, it's like, I got to make it, I got to make it work. It doesn't work. The two missed free throws in Cleveland. I think I think you gotta get like it's a D I think it's a D minus. Honestly. I think it's pretty close to an F. Yeah, D plus. I almost wanted to go C minus and I'll I'll tell you <laughs> why, because on Twitter today I haven't got the tweet, yeah, unfortunately. I know. And I, that, I was that was great. Yeah, I can't tell you verbatim what it was, but basically, you know, Legion Hoops, I think it was, tweeted out like what was the most like he's not him moment. Yeah. Uh, again, not verbatim. Yeah, this season, and Grant Williams like quote tweeted it being like, I'm going to make two of them, uh, referring to his two bungled free throws against the Cavs there. That's the one. And and that kind of self-awareness puts him in better stead with me. And you know me, I'm always looking for like the sort of positive (laughs) angle. Uh, And for him to do that, I I, kind of wanted to apply a C minus grade to Grant, but I can't argue with what you guys are saying. So we've had a D minus, we've had a D plus. So can can we agree on a D? I hadn't I hadn't remembered the the comment. I can I can settle a D plus for that. That self awareness. D plus. I do like the like. I don't want Grant to lose his joy. I think that's something that uh-huh. I think we all really like about him. And to see him quote that, I think, um, was a little ray of sunshine in an otherwise gloomy season. Yeah. Also, if your if your dad comes on our podcast, you get at least a half a grade. Bar a plus. Well. Sorry, yeah, it's we a curve. It <laughs> I, I don't. I wonder what Gil would give him. Find out. I w- we should revisit this after the playoffs Absolutely. because I think that'll tell us Grant is the guy other than probably Tatum and Brown who stands the most to gain in the playoffs, I think. Okay. Jake, Brogger, Malcolm Brogdon, <gasps> one of the few players we've bestowed a nickname onto this season. What's your grade for potential sixth man of the year, Malcolm Brogdon? We had a little... We had a little hiccup, I think, amidst the swoon of the Celtics uh, in that December range. But other than that, I think the fact that he's a front runner, he's either going to be first or second in six man of the year voting, but kind of by a lot with, with quickly. 
you can't go too much lower than A minus, right? Like he's been kind of exactly what they brought him in for. He's steadying, steadying presence off the bench. He's he's scoring. He's he's leading the league almost in three point percentage. And I think we haven't seen it yet, but what you've seen gives you a lot of confidence with what he can give you in the playoffs. And it's like we have a like a surefire all star level bucket getter coming off the bench against some tough defenses in the playoffs. I can take the load off Jalen and Jason. He played 70 games, 69 games. Up there. I thought it was like the 72. Fact he, the fact that he came in with that, you know, injury, injury prone label and the fact that he was able to get to that level and that reliability, I think that's a massive, massive deal. So I'm, I'm happy to go up to, to A minus on this. Frog. I'm gonna be. A oh, lot here we go. Oh, yeah, here we this go. This is probably our first real disagreement. I, I think if if this was two months ago, this grade would be much much worse. Uh, but Brogdon, eleventh on the team in net rating at plus five point one, forty four point two percent on catch and shoot, forty four point eight on pull up. You see a lot of those. A lot of three point shooters have huge disparities between that. Doesn't matter how Brogdon shoots the ball; it's basically going in. Huge weapon, but I really think that's the only thing he did better than we really expected all year was his shot. I thought defensively, he's really picked it up recently, and maybe that's by design. The whole team has picked it up recently defensively. So, uh, you know, he's 30. He's like the other than Al, the oldest guy in the rotation. So I wonder if he was just kind of learning the system, not giving it 100%, but He's can't finish at the rim. He's like a 54% or 55% around the rim. Uh, he does not, I don't love how he plays offense. I mean, he makes a lot of shots, so it doesn't matter, but it's not like he's a bat, ball mover. Like, you know, the guy we'll get to shortly here. Um, so I'm going to go a B with Brogdon. He was, he was very, very good this year. I don't think he exceeded my expectations enough to get in the A territory for me though. Yeah, B B plus for me just because of how he ended the season and like l- looking at that Bucks game, like he was critical. And the conversation after that that game was like, well, look at all this stuff that we didn't have last year. And Malcolm Brogdon is absolutely at the top of that list. He gets to the rim, yes, finishing once he gets there. We've been talking about it all year. Is a, is another question, but at least breaking down opposing defenses is a huge quality yeah. and giving yeah. us that additional dribble drive uh, threat, which we absolutely get from Brogger. The elite three-point shooting, the fact that he'll probably very likely at least uh, finish second in six-man-of-the-year voting, bit of veteran leadership, some presidential presence in his post-game interviews and any interviews as well, presumably the locker room as well. I love the guy. Like, B-plus, I know he has his flaws. But B plus seems seems right to me. Jake Jake's itching I to will jump come in. Up, I will come up to a B plus yeah. if Jake will come down. To I will it. come down. I will come down. But great point, Jordan, in the chat and Ben. Yeah. The presidential impact. <laughs> the vi- like he the fact he just comes in here and it's like these guys are so lucky. They don't like and like he's just been telling them in their ear like this is the best guys. You don't understand what it's like in Indiana. Like it's <laughs> and Blake's like dude the Nets. You don't understand what it's yeah. like, you, like out here and and out, like in their ears to bring in another guy like that, one of Jalen's mates from you know Atlanta, you know to have the propaganda, not 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 necessarily propaganda, but to have like that voice, that powerful voice, um, that articulate voice, that deep voice, beautiful voice. Um, you can't. <laughs> you, that's that's at least worth a half a grade. So we're going B with plus. B plus. We're happy with B plus. 
All right, folks, that's fine. Folks in the chat afterwards, <laughs> if you're watching later on YouTube, let us know your thoughts on that, Craig, because that was maybe one of the more divisive ones so far. I'm glad we, we found a happy medium there. Uh, it is propaganda. Absolutely. Thank you, <laughs> um, okay, we're moving into really like, I mean, Brogdon obviously going to be a huge part of the, the playoff rotation, but we're really moving into the, into the thick of things here, starting Spoonie with the Time Lord, Robert Williams. What's your grade for this gentleman? Okay, so... Time Lord is, I think, probably the hardest one to give a grade because he led the team in net rating at plus <laughs> an insane plus 11.4. Of course he did. But the, the biggest stat for me is how many games he played, and that's 35. Yeah. So Rob being awesome on the court isn't super surprising to me. Him not being on the court, he, was, he played less than I even expected. Um, so... I, I don't know where to go with this, but I'm going to go C. Just because he didn't, pl- he didn't play, you know, like we needed him at times and he just not there. Like that's the worst thing you can do other than play so bad. You're detrimental to the team. So I don't know. And he was, he didn't seem like himself when he came back at first. Or like no. these last 10 games or whatever, five games, he's looked amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm very happy he's feeling this way for the playoffs. But I just think not a great season for Rob. C, C minus. It's crazy how good the Celtics have been. The fact that Rob's played 35 games and in those 35 games, he probably looked like himself for 10 to 15 of them. <laughs> yeah. It's, you, you have to be a real Celtics fan to understand just how impactful Rob Williams is and how like he takes us from being, you know, solid contender to like we might wipe the floor with people if he stays healthy the whole the whole way through. But I, I can't go much higher than C either. Like 35 games. Like I I will say though I'm not sure it's all his fault. They were pushing him Way more than they should have been for a lot of the season. And we, like, when I went back and looked at where he was inactive and when those little things started to pop up, it was like clockwork when he started to get 28, 31 minutes here and there. So, and that's part of that's probably on him. I don't, it doesn't sound like he has, he's like the most committed to his body, um, you know, like the Tatums and the Jalens of the world. So I think that has an impact, but I think that they did a disservice to him. And I think it was also fair because they were trying to recapture the magic of the double big lineup. And it, it feels like they've realized that this is a different team and Rob off the bench is the best from a, keeping Rob healthy and balancing the, the three-guard lineup perspective. So I, I don't want to go lower than C because I think it was not all his fault for some of the health stuff because I think they, we have to That's be fair. realistic with where he is health-wise and protect him from himself. What do you think was number one on the list of priorities for Robert Williams going into the season? Just open any question. Him I, being healthy for the playoffs. I say, yeah, playoffs. is he right. trying to lead us? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he achieved that, right? And number two is <laughs> probably like look like as close to the best version of yourself, which goes hand in hand with being healthy at the end of the season. Look as close to that version of yourself as you can by the end of the season. And in those last five games, we've absolutely seen that as well. So yes, we we can't go above. We definitely can't go above B because of just the- oh, <laughs> stick with me here. Stick with me because of just the, the lack of on court time throughout the season. But like on the top of the the wish list of Celtics fans, especially was just like give us healthy time, Lord, going into the postseason. Last year, playing you know under those high Ime Udoka minutes, we had a great season. Time Lord was great. The team was great. We had like an almost all time defensive rating. It was fantastic. He was completely beaten up by the time he went into the playoffs. 
This year, it's almost been the polar opposite. It's the whole season has been a ramp up and there have been some false starts. Absolutely, don't get me wrong, including his first game back with the Magic in, uh, I believe it was December. But now here we are with him exact- exactly as we need him, exactly as the team needs him, exactly as he hopefully envisioned himself at the perfect time. And I think that can't be ignored. That's like the number one thing that we needed out of him at this point of the year. That said, you know, I, I can't be that guy. I can't be like he's a B plus because he isn't. But this I am is, very happy with where things are. But you want at. to. So I bad. do want to, but I just can't. I don't think I could go on record live here on YouTube saying that. So I'll say a C plus. I love, I love, I love seeing Ben trying to be really positive for the C's, but also be trying like appease the the grade the grade people as well. What's it's, the opposite of a, a negative balance. Nancy? Is it a, is it a yeah. positive yeah. P? That's positive. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so can we settle on? Yeah, it, it pays me to do so, but I see no way out of this. So let's. I'm, yeah. I'm glad I've at least brought you up to a C. I feel good yeah, about let's, that. Let's go C. All right, uh, and it's really appropriate that it's now Jake's turn because we are up Come to in. the mistress himself, Derek White. Jake, what's the grade here? Is this Come another on. A plus? Do they? Because I know I see kids with like 5.4 GPAs, which is like above an A plus. So I don't know how you get. It's an AP class, I think, where it equals more than an uh, A+. Plus. Whatever mm-hmm. that is, that's what Derek White deserves. All 82 games, he's going to make an all-defense team from... I, have, I, didn't, I didn't do a full deep dive on the tracking of the all-defense teams, but Derek White appears to be on most of them. But like Derek White has been perfect, impeccable, brilliant. Leading, leading all guards in blocks or second in, in blocks, um, 39% from three, career high, uh, fringe, like fringy, fringe all-star, honestly. Like it wasn't for, for Brogdon. Like he may be in the consideration for, for six man of the year, considering it doesn't matter how many games he start, apparently. But um, this guy is the connective tissue that like it's just perfect. I don't know what the most important part of connective tissue on the body is, probably like somewhere around like a, some of your vital organs. Like fascia? Fascia, yeah. Like Hips, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're plantar fascia because without your feet, you're fucked if it comes to basketball. So he's the plantar <laughs> fascia of this team. And without him, we're not going anywhere. So um, you know how they have like the ranking tiers where it's like F, D, C, B, A, uh-huh. and then above A S. is S tier. Yeah, yeah S tier. Derek White nice. is an S. Nice. Derek White gets an S. I, I don't want to say we've we've bond over Derek enough. So yeah. S tier, highest grade on the team. Easy, easy. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. We almost need to grade him on a different plane to everybody else. Uh, <laughs> he was already an A plus in my mind and in my heart. And then we also had Derek White's dad, Richard on the pod, gives him that Half a grade bump as well. Uh, he maxes out an A plus, so that's we have to we have to give him an A plus grade. But absolutely, Derek White exceeded all expectations from everybody. Even the Celtics' biggest detractors, I think, don't have too many negative things to say about Derek White. He he does tend to be targeted uh, as far as his role in our defense on an individual standpoint. Teams will go at Derek White. Um, that said, he might make an all defense team. So. Yeah. You know, you really deservedly, yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's difficult to criticize the guy, Spoonie, Al Horford, your favorite player. Who I was listening back to that podcast where you were like, it's kind of childish to have a favorite player. Al Horford <laughs> is like the gentleman's favorite player. I think <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, fifth on the team in net rating, plus seven point eight. Shot 
second in the NBA from three, 44.6%. Here's the one thing. I expected Al to be pretty good. He's been great. He's been fantastic. The way he's transformed his offensive game to just be this like stretch big who can also drive a closeout and make the right pass. And he's been way better than we could have hoped on defense. You expect him to lose a step. He really hasn't when he has to turn it on. So I'm just going flat A for Al. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to not go all the way up to A plus for Al. But, you know, he coasted a fair bit, which he should have um, in a few games. But like... He's just had one of the best seasons for a big man shooting the ball, like in NBA history, ever. Yeah, ever. Like <laughs> he's he's a nuclear weapon. Like this this guy when he's hitting from, which is always from from the outside, and the way that he matches up and the like the weapon the weapon just goes to a new level when you talk about the sixes and the box because that's where they struggle is when with these stretch bigs and we have like the best stretch big in the league. A. Yeah. A. It can't it can't be an A plus because whenever you can't play in back to backs, then that yeah. puts a strain on the team. So you, you can't have the max grade. Next grade down is an A, and I think he's he's well deserving of that. And at thirty six years old, yes, like there's maybe been a visible decline in his athleticism now, but he's well and truly, as you guys said, made up for that. Well and truly from beyond the arc. And then we were just running the highlights of the overtime game between the Celtics and the Warriors and like we saw him elevate his intensity from a physical standpoint in that game. Jake, you mentioned it a couple of pods ago, like that's lurking under the surface and that's surely going to emerge as a factor in the playoffs. We're going to see Al Horford step it up and put his limbs and his ligaments as an old man on the line a little bit more and put it all to risk uh, to get the Celtics over the line and get a championship there. So uh, an A for Al Horford. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. We've got a couple of A pluses in the chat. You'd love to see it. Jake, Marcus Smart, the maestro, up and down season, maybe um, the most uh, sort of there's a, the most emotional attachment to Marcus Smart for your sicko Celtics fans than anybody else, and yet he's kind of lurked behind the scenes a little bit because of our elite guard depth this year. We haven't had the opportunity to be as elated with or disappointed with Marcus Smart throughout the course of the season, part due to injury and part due to we've got so many guys who can fill that role when he's out. That said, what's the grade for Marcus Smart for this regular season? Yeah, definitely a tricky one for Marcus. Definitely a bit more up and down. But that being said, in the first sec- like part of the season where the Celtics had one of the, like, the best offense of all time, he was, he was key. He was the maestro. He was a massive reason why the ball was moving and popping and getting all these wide open shots. And he's kind of returned pretty comfortably, I feel, to like kind of the best point guard on the team, I think, when it comes to getting the offense moving and moving the best. I think from like the fan perspective, Brogdon just complicates things because he's just such a different player and like points and buckets are like such an easy thing to to notice with your eyes. They're really obvious on the box score. And so you can kind of understand why people have been calling for Brogdon over Marcus. But I think when it comes to crunch time, his defense hasn't been as good compared to obviously one defensive player of the year last year. But I think lately it's the intensity is definitely back this, this amount of time off. I'm just so, so, so excited for Marcus Smart's playoff defense because like no one does it quite like, quite like Marcus Smart, the chaos that he brings. But I I think like, 
just a solid B plus for for Marcus. I think good season, but I, I don't think he really elevated to where I thought he was capable of for the whole season. Um, I I think so. Smart eighth on the team in net rating, plus six point three career high assist percentage, twenty five point six, which is great. Uh, you know that's that was a long stretch to start the season of him playing the best basketball of his life, and then it's just been so up and down. The big thing for me, Jake, and you touched on it, is the the drop in defense. I mean, he even admitted it. Like, I've not been a very good defensive player this year. So, I'm going to say C-plus for Marcus, man. I th- I don't know. It's tough. I'll go B-minus. I'll go B-minus. Oh, um, it's like, even when he was playing so well offensively, he <laughs> was not playing that great. We didn't need to play good defense. So, B-minus for Marcus. Yeah, it's a B for me. So I'm going to meet you guys in the middle. So hopefully we can all that's fine. We can all agree on that. And I really don't have much more to add than that. But he has shown. We we're talking about Al showing flashes. Marcus Smart has shown flashes of that defensive intensity in the most recent loss to the Knicks when we almost came back at the end. That was Marcus Smart and Al Horford led as far as that defensive intensity. If you remember way back earlier in the season in December when we lost all of those games to the Magic. At least in one of them, we almost came back in the fourth. We had Marcus Smart calling huddles on the court, yeah. trying to galvanize the team. Like the intensity is there. Hopefully, there's a little bit more from his perspective of an awareness as far as maintaining oneself for the playoffs. And I think that might be why we've seen uh, stretches of a drop off in intensity for Marcus Smart on both ends. But, you know, you guys had Dan Greenberg on the pod, who is coming on the pod in a couple of days' time earlier this season. Talking about like Dan Greenberg just went off on how like Marcus Smart was, and it was correct at the time, playing the best basketball of his career, which he did last year and then for a while topped that this year. So it's it's hard for me to go below a B, given that 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 thing was a fact like really really recently. So I have Marcus Smart in my all gonna take a leap in the playoffs team for the Celtics, for lack of a better yeah. way of phrasing that. <laughs> I think I wanted to go a little higher just because it feels like people are always ready to like jump on on smart. And when he did have that little stretch where he was very erratic, like no no doubt about it. Um, when he came back from injury, like people are so quick to like jump on Marcus. And it's like, has he not earned the faith, love, and trust and respect of everybody yet? Like Jordan in the chat, 100 percent faith in smart when it comes to the playoffs. Like that's where you know I I want to lean higher just because I want to pay respect to what he's done in the playoffs for the Celtics over his career. But I think on this season in particular, I'm happy with a B. Any yeah. arguments there? No, I'm I'm fine with a B. I think you know it was so obvious he was playing injured, which is great. We love that he's trying to get out there, but he's kind of hurting the team for a little bit. Yeah. So. B's fine. That's uh, the hardest guy for me to not give an A, but I digress. Let's let's move on. All right, Spoonie, over to you for Jalen Brown. Uh, Interesting season for Jalen Brown, the masked man. I think we could all agree that he has been playing, again, the the best ball of his career just recently, like right now, heading into the playoffs. We've talked about him, hopefully, likely, based on Jake's awesome tracking there. High potential (laughs) for him to make an all-NBA team, potentially an all-NBA second team. Some discourse, some discussion around his future with the Celtics going forward, which might affect his grade from a fan perspective, which is what we are, fans of the team. What's your takeaway from a grading perspective on, on JB there, Spoonie? So Jalen, 10th on the team in net rating, plus 5.4. He also has to play the most minutes without Jason Tatum, who boosts everybody's net rating. Um, 
58% field goal percentage on drives, which is 11th in the league with a minimum five drives, which is really, really good. Um, you know, I was hoping for a little bit more of a playmaking development from JB. That didn't really happen, but I thought he played the best defense of his career this year. So um, I'm going to go B, B plus. Great Ooh. season from JB, but I expect him to be an all-star. And he went a slight, a step up from all-star to all-NBA guy. To me, that's like, if I'm saying C, C plus is like what I expected you to do, he exceeded my expectations a little bit. So B plus. I don't, is that, is that harsh? I'm, I'm, re I'm reacting to both this and the heat just cut it to six. Um, oh, yeah. if, I, I, if I if I wasn't if I wasn't on this, I was try, I was like I was like I just, I'm calling a live bet because that would be fantastic odds. But um, <laughs> I find it hard to go below A on on JB, like especially that stretch post All Star break when like Tatum was just asleep for a lot of those games and Jalen went on the best stretch of his career and helped us, you know, Philly was, Philly was lurking as a, as a two seed. And I think if Jalen doesn't elevate there, maybe we don't, we don't hang on to the two seed uh, to go from, you know, he wasn't an all-star last year to go to like, what looks like pr a pretty sure fire all NBA and not just a point where we're like, do we want to give him a super max? I'm like pretty comfortable that he's going to elevate again and again uh, I'm 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 going with A as he kind of solidified to me being the best number two in the NBA. Yeah, I'm sorry, Spoonie. It's an A for me as well. Uh, just he, <laughs> yeah. he, he just exceeded my expectations. <laughs> he absolutely exceeded my expectations. You know, we, we we expected him to be an All Star player, like you said, and now he's he's like nipping at the heels of Tatum. As far as I said on the last part, as far as his status in the league, as far as the way that he's perceived by fans, he's like. Yes, he's not a superstar, but he's he seems like it seems like the trajectory is there, which is crazy for two guys sort of jockeying for, you know, superstar position on a team for that even to be possible to to bring up here on the pod, but I I do feel like he really has exceeded my expectations of what I thought was possible for him. Yes, there's a playmaking gap there. We have seen small stretches, small flashes in the pan of, of that being a possibility yeah. for JB. I also think that that's just like not necessarily asked of him. Uh, on, on the team. Certainly when he's on the court without Tatum, he's going to get doubled. There's going to be playmaking opportunities for him there. He does need to keep his head up and be more in the game in that sense. That said, he's best served as like the beneficiary of Tatum being doubled and he can just cook and go to work in that sense. And he's become elite in that role. It's almost crazy to say that like as, as if he's a role player in, in some regard. He's not. Uh, but he is elite in the roles assigned to him on this team. Off the court, you know, there have been some issues as far as like just the conversation, I don't even know how much at fault he is. He probably could have done a few things. I don't think he is. No, yeah, he, I really don't think he is. He could have maybe done a little bit more to, to sort of pour water on, on some of those fires. But I think for the most part, like the way he conducts himself off the court, the way he's like um, omnipresent in the Boston community there, he's just a cool looking dude. I say it every time I have the opportunity, <laughs> like he just looks cool as fuck. It's, I can't go below A for JB. I, just, I, I think the world of him. So it's A for me. Um, can we bring you up at all, um, Spoonie, to the A territory? Oh, a minus. So I, I guess p partially it's like Greg Popovich with coaching where like he never wins coach of the year uh, mm. because everyone expects him to be a great coach. Sure. It's like I expect JB to always get better and always be become a better player. So I guess I am grading him on a somewhat unfair scale. So I'll come up to A minus if you guys come down to A minus. Hmm. I'm willing to come down. I'm, I'm really... 
because I, I should have just started at A+, because that's where I wanted to go. Wow. Uh, you know what? The, the Celtics could have done a lot more to pour water on the on the trade the trade reports. True. And, yeah. You know, like any other, like how many other superstars is that cause like way more drama than what Jalen's um, caused this season? I'll do it just because I want to watch this heat game. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah. We need, we need we to get like, out of here. We're making 45 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. We're well over the hour mark here. But uh, that's that's how we roll here on First of the Floor. All right, Jake, I believe it's your turn to begin the piece de la resistance, which I think I just messed up that term uh, brutally, by <laughs> Jason Tatum, our, our marquee guy, our 55 points in the All-Star game, All-Star MVP, the cream of the crop. Didn't shoot as well as maybe we would have liked this season, which I think just to to start here detracts from his overall grade. That said, we're not at 57 wins without this Iron Man of a marquee player on the Celtics. What's your grade for Jason Tatum? Can't go below A. You cannot go below A. The 74 games, seventh in the NBA in minutes total, which doesn't sound like it's obviously high, but you have to go so far down the total minutes in order to get to like the next MVP candidate. Like Shea is next at 33 in the league at 24-16 total minutes versus Tatum at 2732. Jalen right behind Shea. Like to find the other, you know, the Lucas, he's down at 36. Like Jokic is below there. Embiid's nowhere to be seen. Of the like surefire top five, top 10 guys, Tatum plays like by far the most out of any of them which cannot be underrated. Like that just, and his presence on the court just equals W's. That's just what he does when it comes to his gravity, his defense, his, his rebounding. Did he lead the team in rebounding this year? I'm pretty yes. sure he did. Yeah. So the fact that like we didn't have Rob this year and he takes that, okay, okay, I'll just be like a power forward and lead the team in rebounds this year. Yeah, not a problem. Um, getting to the rim, finishing at a higher clip, developing a – Float up, even if the floater is terrible. Um, I wouldn't go to that. Go, I wouldn't go to that too much uh, just yet. But clearly, improving on his game. Yes, he only got to thirty-five percent from three. But the fact that he improved these other aspects of his game, um, I, I can't go below. Can't go below a fifty-seven win team, and like he's the driving force every night. Um. Yeah, Tatum fourth on the team in net rating, plus 8.5, almost 70% the restricted area, which is like elite finisher level. I'm going to go C minus. I just expect no. <laughs> career high in points, rebounds, assists, effective field goal percentage, true shooting, assist percentage. Um, the hardest jump is to go from top 15 guy to top five guy. You know, there's very few uh, by by its very nature. There's very few top five guys, and Tatum has firmly cemented himself in that conversation. I'm with you, firm A for me for JT. Yeah, it's an A. We we have to veer away from the A plus just because the the slight dip in shooting, and that's really just I hope that's a point of emphasis for him. I'm sure it will be in the off season and just figuring out how to get into a quicker rhythm with his shooting in, in the, you know, the shooting opportunities that are afforded to him by, you know, team defenses. But just, it can't be overstated how fun it is, like, to cheer for a, a homegrown superstar. And, like, Paul Pierce is probably the last person that we can mention in that vein. And as far as, like, elevation to superstardom from, from draft year, like, it just, you can't compare Paul Pierce to Jason Tatum in that sense. And, I'm a 36-year-old man, 
And I'm here to say that as a <laughs> as a guy approaching 40, it's no less fun like following the trajectory of a, of a homegrown superstar now than it would have been if I was 12 years old. I just brought my pair of Tatum 1s. When they arrive, I can't yeah. wait to put them on and wear them everywhere on the basketball court and around my house, like their slippers or something. I've got <laughs> jerseys, I've got basketball cards, like just everything off the court, just from the fandom perspective and the way that Tatum conducts himself and presents himself from a markability standpoint as a superstar. Like that's so much fun. And as Celtics fans, you know, we've kind of had to watch other teams and other fan bases revel in that glory for a while now. And we've had we've we've been able to dip our toes with Isaiah Thomas and, you know, Kyrie Irving and I mentioned Paul Pierce and KG, but drafting this guy at nineteen and watching him grow up to be a man and deliver on all fronts on and off the court, I just can't overstate how fun and enjoyable that is. And I'm going to shut up now because this Hawks Heat game is looking incredible. We need to wrap uh, up. Yeah, I'm, I'm like sweating in. But it's an A. It's an A for Tatum. Any, any final parting remarks, guys, before we wrap this one up in like two seconds? Really good team. Let's fucking go. Let's win the chip. Paul Pierce never made an all-NBA first team. Tatum's about to make his second. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, the 65-game minimum threshold, like almost I feel like guarantees Tatum for an MVP or several just because he will hit that kind of every year. So that's nice. Thank you to everyone in the chat for your uh, thoughts and feedback. And if you're watching the show later, please leave a comment, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. That's going to do it for this one. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed the show, like I said, please subscribe to the podcast on your preferred platform or on YouTube. Leave us a five-star rating, review, comment. All of that good stuff really helps us out with clout and getting guests and things like that. We'll be back here, speaking of guests, live on YouTube. Thursday night with Dan Greenberg of Barstool Sports. Really looking forward to that one. Spoonie, Jake, love your work, guys. Until next time, go Celtics.